Ladies and gentlemen, we're here. I'm part of the click, isn't everybody? <laughs> yes! 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 I, I got an idea, yeah. Peter John Cena! Give me a hell yeah! I pull a little bit of the bubbly. Too sweet! <laughs> oh, this is where the power episode is scheduled for one fall, and it is for your listening pleasure. This is In The Click. What's up, everybody? Baby Kiwi here, and joining me once again is my good brother from the Bullet Cast. It's Philip. How's it going, man? Huey, it's, what, Tuesday night? Tuesday. Yeah, I'm watching America's Got Talent. Um, I don't I don't know why I don't even watch the show. It's just on in the background. I'm doing all right, man. How you doing? I'm doing good. I survived 4th of July. I got all my fingers, my toes, and limbs intact. How about you? How was your 4th of July weekend? All right. All right. Oh, my, oh, my God. So it was my, mother, it was my mother's birthday. Happy belated birthday, Mama. I love you. Um, yeah, man. So me and my homie, Damon. So like we dropped my mom off after her little oh. birthday party at my grandma's house. And we go hang out with uh, – we, dr- we drive by my, my homie Nikki's house, and he's giving us a puppy dog. Guys, you guys never hang out with me. Stay. So we stay. He's, he has like 20 people at his house doing these fireworks. I didn't realize this fool was drunk lighting off fireworks. And so one of them was heckled out of my ears get shot. I'm like, oh, my God. 30 minutes go by, and he lets off another one, and they're getting closer and closer. Me and my homie are hiding behind a car. And he lets it off. Dude – both of us hit the floor. I swear to God, I thought my glasses shattered. I was like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. Like, my ears are shot. And my homie, he's on the ground longer than I am. I'm like, you good? I thought it was his ears, too. He gets hit. He has, like, a cut on the side of his face, and his face starts getting hot and swelling up. And I was like, oh, my God. He's, I was like, he's about to kick somebody's ass. So we, we, we just had, we had to dip out quick. We had to leave. What? What's going? How's this happen? Are they shooting fireworks at you? Like how's no, this happen? They, they were like they were getting kind of closer and closer to the curb, and like it just it was it was a really big one, and like a, a, a piece of it hit him in the face. Well, you guys, as spectators, shouldn't you be like standing a little bit farther away? We were, bro. We were all the way up. Like behind a car in his driveway, like we were, we were so we thought we thought we were in the safest spot. Everybody else was kind of like out in the open. We we're like, oh no, we're gonna be right here. I mean, fireworks supposed to go straight up in the air. So I don't know how. It was like, one of, it, it was it wasn't it was, it was like a it was like a an, an expansion one to where like it explodes like kind of like out to the side. Okay. Yeah. All and right. Then, my little cousin FaceTimes me yesterday. He's he's only like what twelve years old, bro. He got. So he was in Oakland with, with some fireworks, and one of them like came off the uh, sidewalk and hit him in the face. And he has a bandage on his face oh, from like his jawline all the way down to his neck. 
I'm like, bro, what happened to you? Oh, my God. He says, like, it took off, like, the first layer of his skin. He said it went to the white meat. I'm like, oh, my God, bro. Oh, my God. What the hell? Man, you guys got to be a little more safe out there. <laughs> like, I mean, I mean, it's Oakland. You know, they don't care. If you thought, if you think Hayward and Alameda is bad, they, they do not care out there. Dude, Alameda was pretty crazy. So, on 4th of July itself, I... Uh, uh, my family and I, we went to the Navy base because we thought, oh, let's go over to the Navy base and maybe by the water and see like a fireworks show, maybe coming from Oakland or something. Oh my God, Philip, there was our own fireworks show going on right there on the Navy base. There's a stretch of like open road where it's like open parking right by the ferry building pickup. It was packed with cars and trucks. It looked like people were tailgating. And sure enough, they started lining off these fireworks. Man, this looks like some top-level professional fireworks going off. Stuff that you would see at like an Oakland A's game. That's how powerful it was. WWE pyro. Exactly. Like It was WrestleMania. It was Saudi Arabia-level fireworks going off. And so we parked away, a far away, like... Like a block away, you know, or like down the road from them. We want, didn't want to be anywhere near them. They were going off. And then, sure enough, all these other cars start pulling up around us. And that whole area of the Navy base got packed. And, you know, after like 15, 20 minutes, we're like, okay, we've seen, cause like real talk, Philip, like after like 10, 15, 20 minutes, all fireworks start looking the same. I don't know about you, but it's like after that amount of time, I'm like, all right, cool. I've seen you've seen one firework, you see them all. So, for me personally, I was like, my gut was telling me we need to leave. Like, I didn't want to stay there too long because I was kind of worried it was going to get really chaotic and you know out of hand, and maybe the cops would show up or something. So, I told my family, let's get out of here. Um, and we left right when it was getting like super packed. Um, luckily, nothing major happened over there. Apparently, it sounded like, but I was just worried. Like, we need to get out of here before it gets too out of hand. But yeah, it was definitely, it felt like a war zone all over the place, uh, uh, over here in the East Bay of the Bay Area. So we survived. We're good. And, uh, yeah, I, I love 4th of July though. It's fun. It's a nice weekend just to enjoy the warm weather, barbecue, all that good stuff. So, but yes, I'm, I'm glad you're doing okay. I was worried after you text me your, uh, your situation. I was worried that, yeah, you were not going to be, uh, uh, you were going to be missing like part of your face or something. Hey man, it's, it's okay. You know, I, I know how to kick out at two and nine tenths. There you go. Right I'm, I'm all right. You know? <laughs> so I hope all the clicksters out there had a great 4th of July and, uh, back into the work week, back into the swinging things and back for another week in pro wrestling. So much to get into. So on this episode, we're going to talk about AEW dynamite, some of the highlights there and uh, a little bit of the highlights from Monday night raw that happened last night. So much to talk about. Uh, but before we do that, I do want to give a shout out. Uh, this weekend's going to be a busy weekend for you and I. There's a lot of great pro wrestling going on here in the Bay area. First things first, West coast pro wrestling. They're making their big return. Their first show in how many months is at least 15, 16 months? No. Yeah. Since that, January of 2020, man. Is that so you're almost a year and a half. Yes. Oh yes. Yes. West coast pro cruel summer. 
or if you talk to Midas Creed, the young upstart, it's about to be a cold summer. I'm excited. Bullet Cast will be in full effect. I'll be there. Cindy will be there. Brandon will be there. The Bullet Cast Championship will be there. It's about to be going down. And then the next day in San Jose, at level up the last outdoor show for Ugwa Backyard Boogie. It's going down. You got Slice Boogie going up against Dave Dutra for the Ugwa uh, Championship. You got World's Freshest Tag Team defending the tag titles. You got, I believe, Midas Creed and Titus Alexander for the San Jose Championship. You know, D Rogue will be there as well. So it's juicy finale will be coming back. So it's 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 about to be nice, nice little weekend here in the Bay Area. I'll be at both. Come up, say what's up. Yeah, so Crew Summer this Friday, July 9th. Uh, I believe they have some tickets left over at their Eventbrite page. But if you follow West Coast Pro Wrestling on social media, they have all the links posted there. So uh, that's Friday night. Let's see. It's over in South San Francisco at the State Room. Uh, let's see. Doors at 6, bell time at 7. And they got a lot of great talent there. And then, as you said, Agua, uh, Saturday night or Saturday afternoon because it's outdoors. So they want to have the sunshine as the backdrop. So that's going to be, at, you said, level up. So follow both wrestling promotions on social media for all the updates. It's going to be uh, a lot of fun. I have fun at the the last Agua show. So uh, Are you going again? I'm going to try to get out there again. Look, I'll man, keep you posted. Like you sure. said, man, I'm like Walter. I got to make special appearances. I, you know, When I show up, I want people to know it's a big deal. It I pick was, and choose. Man. People were crowding around you, man. <laughs> <laughs> I no, need but, you. I need you by me as my bodyguard. I'm there, man. Hey, but uh, I mean, th- this weekend you're about to see why Bay Area we got we got the best talent on the indie scene. Yeah, y- y'all y'all are about to find out. I mean, you 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 got like Midas, you got the World's First Tag Team, Rogue, Juicy for now, uh, Carl Frederick, the big F and deal is coming back to his roots yeah. from Japan to show up. You know, you got Lee Moriarty, you got Joel Nelson. It, it, like it, it, Levi Shapiro, it's it's about to go down this weekend. You don't want to miss this. Yeah, absolutely. So it's uh, exciting stuff, man. So um, follow us uh, all on social media as well. Uh, we'll be doing our best to document everything going on this weekend. So uh, yeah, please support your local independent promotion because you really think about it, that's where the next generation of great talent starts at, and that's something we talked about over the last couple of weeks is. Here in the Bay Area, Northern California, this new crop, this new generation of talent that's kind of wrestling on a regular basis, this is the future. These are the guys who are now taking those open spots that were that became open when a lot of great talent got signed from all the bigger uh, wrestling promotions during, what, 2019? So, yeah. um, no, it... it See them now before they blow up really big. I mean, it's a great way to interact with them, see them up close, support them, all that good stuff. They're 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 filling the void, man. They, they are, yes, sir. And you, East Bay Pro is running on the tenth. I mean, Serza, that dude's gonna mm. be something, man. I like Serza. He's a great heel. Yes, he's he's my age, and he he gets it. He gets and, it. And uh, we both like his uh, entrance music. Oh, hey, bro. Hey, I, I'm, I'm a fan. <laughs> I, I am a fan. Sir, I need to get Sirs on the BC, yes, sir. That'd be great. And then, uh, yeah, no, uh, other wrestling promotions got stuff in the works as well, um, promoting stuff. And, uh, yeah, we're looking forward to just seeing all these, you know, promotions get back on their feet and, and putting on shows. So a lot of stuff to look forward to. Actually, I want to check out Action Coast Pro Wrestling. That's the one that just had a, a, a Zoe just wrestled at this past Saturday. Yeah. It's at the same warehouse East Bay Pro Wrestling does their show. Yeah. I want to check out PCW. They're going to be at the uh, East Bay Pro Warehouse yeah, next, that, next weekend. 
Dude, that warehouse is like a little bit of a hot spot of different promotions running out of that. That is really cool. Maybe that's something we can do next weekend. We never know. Okay. We got a lot of stuff to plan, plan out. Our whole summer is being planned out as we speak. Basically, so. dude. So uh, let's jump it over to clickbait news. A couple big items that came out in the last 24 hours that we need to break down. So uh, first things first, news of Terry Funk and his health has been making the rounds over on, on all the various news outlets, wrestling news outlets, and social media. Um, it all started when uh, WWE Hall of Famer Don Morocco stated on his podcast that Terry Funk was currently suffering from dementia and was in an assisted living facility in his hometown of Amarillo, Texas. And Mike Johnson from uh, PW Insider uh, later reported that it is true. Uh uh, so with that being said, a lot of people were reacting to that news. And uh, uh, Terry Funk, who has a, a Twitter and Instagram account at the Dirty Funker, <laughs> uh, went ahead and kind of uh, made a post, I guess, just to kind of at least uh, comment on this report. And this see, they got this from on Twitter it says, yes, Mr. Funk is currently receiving residential care for his multiple health issues which do affect his mind as well as the rest of his body. As you can imagine, some days are better than others. He and his family appreciate all of your kind words forever. <laughs> Damn, I need Tommy here to do the forever part. Absolutely, man. Uh, so with that being said, that was confirmation that, yes, he is getting help for his, uh, his health issues. Even WWE tweeted about it. And it was just the whole wrestling community as a whole. People were commenting, just showing support and love for Terry Funk and, you know, sharing stories, but like wishing him well, get well soon. And just, uh, it really was amazing seeing the whole community come together. Um, I do want to add. Actually, go, Philip. Yeah, what are your thoughts just kind of hearing the news about this? And I'll read it what, like, what Tommy Dreamer shared as well. It's, it's, it's disheartening, man. I mean, like, Terry, Terry Funk, like, I was talking to Scott from West Coast Pro in our interview. We were talking about Terry Funk and just the mm-hmm. legend that he is, the living legend that yeah. this guy is. And he just stopped wrestling, like, what, six years ago? <laughs> <laughs> and he's, it's what, 77 good. years old? Yep, 77. Yeah, I mean, Terry Funk, he, he's a legend. I mean, you can watch any era. You can watch the 60s, the the the, the 80s, the death matches in the 90s, the hardcore stuff with ECW in the late 90s, all the retirements, the, the ECW one-night stand in 06 and 05. Yeah. I mean, just he, he's he, – he, he, uh, Jericho's the modern day Terry Funk to span all those generations. You know what I mean? So, uh, hey man, Funker, Funkster, get well soon, man. We, we we're not ready. We're not ready for you to go. We're not. Exactly. He is. You know, Terry Funk. He is legit. I think a lot of people's favorite wrestler. It's kind of amazing. In recent years. How many people that I've met or talked to, and you come to find out a lot of them say Terry Funk is their all-time favorite wrestler. And I was like, wow, that's really cool to hear. And if you really think about it, I mean, it's like him and Ric Flair are like maybe the two like maybe older wrestlers who are like the true like icons. And they're like the last of their generation, if that makes sense. And and so with that being said, it's... It's, you know, it's sad that he's going through some health issues now. And I mean, listen, I think that's just kind of the nature of the industry that he worked in for so long. His body, you know, is kind of breaking down from all the the years and wear and tear on and all the stuff he's been through. So 
at this point, I just hope he can live a very peaceful and healthy lifestyle at these uh, latter part of his life. And just hopefully he's just living comfortably and just, he's just surrounded with a bunch of love and support. So it's uh yeah, absolutely, man. And uh, Mr. Wonderful, Paul Orndolph, he's not doing well either yeah. right now. So yeah, yeah. I mean, he was in the main event of WrestleMania one. Come on. I know. And gotta, uh, I, gotta, I do. Yeah. We got we got to bubble wrap these guys, man. That's, that's I know what we gotta exactly. Do. We got to preserve them. Let, let's freeze them and like just save them. <laughs> what, what was Futurama? The head in the jar? <laughs> yeah, so, <laughs> I'm thinking like the Winter Soldier in Marvel, where you just freeze yeah. them and use them every few years when you need them for something. But I do want to acknowledge that. So Tommy Dreamer he tweeted out something that a lot of people were also uh, uh, retweeting as well. So Tommy Dreamer wrote he shared a photo of him and Terry Fung, and he said. Everyone needs to relax. I just got off the phone with Terry Funk. He is not in bad health. He loves everyone talking about him. Direct quote from Funker. I'm currently sitting in an assisted living place with my thumb up my ass whistling Dixie, but I don't remember the words. (laughs) Hashtag forever. Hashtag ECW. So I like, listen, Tommy Dreamer. Okay. He got off the phone with Terry Funk. Maybe Terry Funk. I don't know. It, 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 it's Terry Funk's own like uh, social media made the announcement that yes, he is getting uh, help, medical help for his uh, health issues. WWE shared the news. Tommy Dreamer, yeah, sure, he got off the phone with him, but Terry Funk is just probably you know, I, I don't know how that conversation went. Um, it, I don't know. What are your thoughts on Tommy Dreamer's quote here? Like. I appreciate him, you know, going to the source and asking Terry Funk himself how he feels. But, you know, the fact that his social media people did say, yes, he is getting help and he's battling dementia. So, um, yeah, I think as his family said, like he has good days and he has bad days. So it almost seems like Ter- uh, Tommy Dreamer talked to him today during when he had a good day, at least. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah that, I think that's what it is. I mean... Well, with, with with something that's uh, like dementia or Alzheimer's, it can be very aggressive. Yeah, like they're like I mean, it's it, it's very disheartening to talk about. I mean, like when he Tommy Dreamer, like when he talked to him, like I'm sure he was having a good day. He remembers all the war stories, and then like the next day, he may not even remember being the NWA champion. You know? Yeah, exactly. It, I, I I like this is I I heard uh, like Richard Nixon. Not Nixon. It was it was Reagan. It was Ronald Reagan? Like when he you know, when he was alive and was battling dementia, there yeah. were days where he would remember you know being an actor. There were days where he wouldn't even remember being president. Wow! Wow! You know, so, so so stuff like that. It, it's it's a very aggressive disease that takes over the mind. But hopefully, we, we he can get the help that he needs because we, we need to we, we need to get him on some podcasts and he just needs to document some stuff. Yeah. So like I said, Tommy Dreamer. While I do respect him calling Terry directly and trying to get a quote from him. Um, it does sound like he was talking to Terry on a good day, but yeah, who knows? As you said, when you talk to Terry on a bad day, he might not remember that much. So, um, with that being said, I, I, it sounds like Terry for the most part is functioning just fine. But with that being said, battling dementia, you do need help. And so it sounds like he has proper help around him. So we just wish the best for him and just enjoy life at this, like I said, latter part of his career and in his life himself. So I, I hope he does well. And yeah, you're right. I, I, I think if anything, this is a reminder. We need to, um, to take a quote from your interview with Scott uh, from West Coast Pro Wrestling, we should be giving flowers 
to the legends who are alive and not when they're gone. This is an opportunity. I mean, if anything, social media today showed that everyone's showing the support for Terry Funk and just wishing him well, sharing stories, old photos, videos. So I think that just shows how much people love him. But this is something I think we should be doing on a regular basis for all the legends out there. Absolutely, man. I mean, like, let's not do it when we hear that they're sick. I mean, like, I mean, like Flair, I think he's the one that really just gets his flowers on a day to day basis. (laughs) Yeah. He's Nate. He's a pop culture icon. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Like, give flowers. To Dory Funk Jr. is still with us. Give him his flowers, you know? Give Orndolf his flowers. Get, uh, who, who else do we still have, man? You know, you, you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. Mick Foley, you know, get, 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 you know, you know, just like, just give him all their flowers. That, that, that's a, that's a moral story. Bret Hart, right? <laughs> yes. Yes. I'll, you know what? I, 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 I bust his balls, you know, because I'm a Sean guy, but I'm going to tell you something, dude. <laughs> Uh, Bret Hart is responsible for probably one of my favorite spots in a match, the the sternum bump. Oh, the turnbuckle? I loved it. As a kid, I loved it because how devastating it looked and painful. That, and then my favorite ring gear of all time is Bret Hart. Really? Yes. The uh, the the single. Like, I I don't know. It just, it just looks cool with the flames and the yeah. stars. Yeah. And I'm like, man, if he if he didn't just wear pink and black, if he threw like some different colors in there, that that would have been some saucy gear, man. But that's <laughs> well, my back, favorite gear of all time. Yes, I was gonna say like back in the '80s, you know, he had like the blue one with the blue colors in it, uh, but they weren't as detailed as one in the '90s. So I get what you're saying. So anyway, yeah, uh, we want to sell sent. We want to send well wishes to Terry Funk. We're thinking of you. Just you know, stay positive, stay healthy, um, and just enjoy life, man. And if anything, for all you uh, Terry Funk fans out there, just keep showing that love to him. And um, hopefully, he's able to maybe do some public appearances, and you know, things are opening back up, and you know, maybe it's a way for him to meet fans still or, or do some interviews or you're right. I, I really wish he we get more documentation out of him. Just his, his history his legendary history in pro wrestling. Um, I know there's probably plenty of documentaries and interviews already out there, but just absorb as much as you can out of his brain of like wrestling knowledge and history. Just let, let's, let's preserve that as best we can for, uh, uh, for years to come. Absolutely. He was a big focal point of beyond the mat. Yeah, absolutely. So um, another big story that came out this morning was, unfortunately, a little bit of some sad, scary news. So it was reported WWE superstar Jimmy Uso was arrested for DUI in Florida. He actually got arrested uh, last night. And I I don't know at the time of this recording right now if he's still in jail or if he got no, out on he, bail. He, 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 posted, he posted bail. Oh, he did this morning. Yeah. Oh my god. Posted bail when the story broke. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I'll just read the quote here from uh, TMZ. So uh, WWE superstar Jimmy Uso has been arrested for DUI again after cops say he was driving in Florida with a blood alcohol level of point two zero five, according to police reports. Uh, Uso, real name Jonathan Fatu, was pulled over at around ten thirty five p.m. on Monday in Pensacola. So. Uh, it was like seven thirty yesterday, seven thirty five hey, yesterday here in the Bay hey, Area. I used to live in Pensacola, bro. Those cops don't play. I, I bet. I mean, are those the same cops that are like cops the TV show. Like Florida, <laughs> Florida had all the craziness on cops. They did. They did, bro. Yeah, like he, uh, he was, he was busted. Like the legal limit is point zero eight. He was at point two oh five. Yeah. So uh, he, 
this is from rest of the report here. It says he uh, cops pulled him over after he ran a red light. Uh, he was being clocked at going 50 miles per hour in a 35 mile hour uh, zone. Um, after they were questioning him, they spelled the booze on him. They asked him to get out of his Dodge Charger. Uh, when he got out of his car, he was swaying all over the place. Um, he told the cops that he consumed multiple beers before getting behind the wheel, which I got to comment on that itself. Um, he bombed the field sobriety test, so they went ahead and arrested him. Uh, yes, so he the breath the breathalyzer test he took came back at point two zero two and point two zero five, well above Florida's legal limit of point zero eight, which is also the same here in California. Uh, so yeah, he's booked on misdemeanor DUI charge. Currently, oh, a TMZ here says behind bars, but as you say, probably made bail. Um, yeah, it's oh. so the bond was fifty or five hundred dollars. So, um, it's the second time in the last two years that Jimmy's been arrested, uh, for drunk driving. Um, he had the same issue, uh, in Pensacola back in July 2019. And didn't he also have an issue in Detroit? He got into yeah. like an altercation, a drunk alter- altercation. Yeah, so a couple things. The uh, video of John Cena saying that they look just like their mugshots, the Usos has resurfaced. I just posted it. Yeah, I saw um, that. Yeah, I mean, the, the .205 live uh, memes have been going around and whatnot. <laughs> um, I posted one about Roman being like, I got to bust him out because he's family. So, I mean, <laughs> honestly, like, don't drink and drive. Like, I don't know why you would do that. That's stupid. You're, you're endangering yourself and possibly, you know, um, fatally you, you could fatally uh harm someone else and and yourself yeah so uh, a couple things to break down here is uh first off the blood alcohol level that's almost three times the legal limit he was you don't get that from just drinking a couple beers as he told the cops here i've been personally that drunk um you know with the radio show i work on we do a thing every year called the do not drink and drive show where we drink all morning we have the san francisco police officers do breathalyzer test on us the point being it's a psa we do it as a psa to show people how fast and easy it is to get drunk y'all can drink at work yeah just one day in the year we make it work showing up (laughs) (laughs) so um one year i blew easily like a point two three two four um and well long story short i did the edward 40 hands where i taped two 40 ounce mickey bottles to my hands so that's 80 ounces of malt liquor i drank in like an hour and i drank in like the seven o'clock hour seven a.m hour on the show by, oh the eight, by the eight o'clock hour, I started blacking out. I don't remember what was going on. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, I the last breathalyzer they got me, I think it was like point two three two four. Um, I don't think they got me again in the nine o'clock hour. So who knows if my blood alcohol level was still going up? It could have been a lot worse. Um, but yeah, what I'm saying is, you don't get that amount just from drinking a couple beers. So from my own experience. And I'm a big guy myself. And so to get that, you're drinking a lot of alcohol, a lot of hard alcohol, or if it's a lot of beers, whatever the case may be, that is not easy to do. That takes like sitting there for a couple hours, just pounding them back to back to back. So um, with that being said, um, you're right. As far as this is a sign of bad judgment, he should not be drinking and driving. You can hurt someone, obviously. I mean, you, you put yourself at risk. You put other people at risk. Um, it, it's and, 
like I'm speaking from experience. Like yeah. I used to live in Pensacola. Those those roads, like they're not very well lit. Like what? Like he could have hit somebody. Could have hit something. Uh, I, does it say the street? Because I could kind of. I don't think uh, it does, right? No, not that I see here in the TMZ report. Because like I, I, I could have kind of like pinpointed where he was. Yeah. But uh, yeah, man, it's it, that's crazy. Now, now let's get to the storyline side of things. He's involved in the Roman storyline. Yeah. Look, bro. They they got to mention this. They 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 have. You sure? Do you think so? They, they'll. They, the part of like, me is like, or go ahead, go ahead, say what you think. It, it, it'll either be Roman. It'll either be Paul. It'll either be Edge. Like I can see Roman. Like this is why I do what I do. You know, for the family. You're embarrassing them. I don't want to see you. Mm-hmm. Heyman could make a snide remark. Edge could throw it, throw it in his face or something like that. Or like, let's say Jay's out there. Edge could be like, "Where's your brother?" Oh yeah, that's right. And just and something like that. It, I mean, because like, it it, 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 I, I feel like it'll work in the story somehow. Yeah. yeah. Well, no. My my thing too is, for me, it, it it's okay from like the storyline perspective. I think the timing of this is terrible. Because he is involved in the number one storyline in WWE right now. You know what I mean? Like, he is, you know, in a storyline with his brother and Roman Reigns, his cousin. It's the A storyline on SmackDown and all of WWE. And if not arguably, it's the biggest storyline in all of pro wrestling around the world. And so, to do this, it's bad timing. Because, you know, if WWE punishes him... You know, it, it's just the timing's horrible. It's like, dude, you're 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 ruining your own career in real time. It, it, it's a ridiculous move. It's stupid. Um, I think even WrestleVotes tweeted like upper management knows about it and they're very disappointed in him. Um, actually, here, let me try to find the quote real quick. Uh, WrestleVotes uh, uh, put it out there. Let me see. Uh, WrestleVotes tweeted this morning. I've spoken with uh, I've spoken to two sources this morning on the Jimmy Uso news. I can say with certainty that certainty that a few high level people in power are extremely disappointed and legitimately pissed off over their arrest. This many times isn't a mistake or, or bad luck. It's personal judgment, not good. Absolutely, uh, can I agree more? It is literally <laughs> bad decision making. Um, like, yeah, if WWE wants to uh, uh, punish him, then, yeah, he's screwing up a storyline that they probably had planned out for a bit. So it's like, you know, I'm sure Robin Reigns is pissed off because, like, dude, you're messing with my career now. And, like, the storyline we had set up, his brother, and I wonder even Naomi, his wife, might kind of um, might get affected, even though she's on Raw right now. But I wonder, would she possibly get some sort of blame as well and maybe you know her career might get be uh 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 come into question as well so that's the thing i noticed as well but at the same time it sounds like he needs help the fact that he's done this over and over he's making bad decisions he needs help he needs rehab uh whatever the case may be we know wwe has been very helpful with their talent who need rehab so he needs something yeah, man, and you look at a guy like like a Jeff Hardy who's done actually far worse. Yeah, but yet, but yet he's he's still in good graces with the company and still employed. So I, I mean, mean, Scott Hall, how many times they help him? Jake Roberts, etc. You know what yeah. I mean? So and they 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 were far beyond point two oh five 
mm-hmm. live. You feel me? So, I mean, it's it's just unfortunate. Hopefully, Jimmy gets help, man, because you know, like he he's involved in a very predominant storyline in in WWE and in wrestling right now. And I mean, like, just you're jeopardizing the your future, your wife, your kids, future of the family, stuff like that, man. You know. Yeah, and that's the other thing too is it, it, it's especially in a time and age where Uber and Lyft are so easy, you know, and I, I imagine he's making a pretty good living now. You can easily, if you want to go out and, you know, to the bar or wherever, have some fun, have some drinks, take an Uber or Lyft to the place you're going to enjoy yourself and then take an Uber or Lyft back home. That way, you know, you're not driving yourself. You're not putting anyone in danger. I mean, it's just such an easy thing to do. It's just From the sound of it, he probably couldn't even operate a phone to order an Uber or a Lyft. I mean, that, that that's the thing. It's like, you know, it, and that's the thing. Who's he surrounding himself with? I mean, so this happened Monday, uh, 7 or 1035, um, you know, East Coast time. So I was like, where's his wife? Oh, yeah. Naomi was busy on Raw. She works on Raw. So that's yeah. why she wasn't around. But whoever he's hanging out with are not taking care of him properly or at least looking out for him. So that's another judgment call that comes in the question. So it's just very sad and frustrating. Uh, you don't want to see someone career get jeopardized because of these bad decisions. It, it just sucks because, you know, he's in a major storyline and we want to see this properly get played out how it was intended, but not quickly change up because of a dumb movie made like this. So it says very frustrating. So, um, you know, like I said, when I was that drunk uh, on the Do Not Drink and Drive show at work, I remember I could not control like using a phone. I, people had to help walk me out. So I know physically what that feels like. So the fact that I, there's no way I drive. My brother drove me home. So for him to be behind the wheel like that, that is so scary. Just uh, you have hardly any control of your, your bodily functions like that. So um we just hope, yeah, at the end of the day, he gets some help. Hopefully, you know, he can learn from this and just be so thankful that he didn't hurt anyone or hurt himself. And, yeah, I'd be curious to see how this affects WWE storyline and, you know, his family who currently work in the company as well. So, I don't know, man. We shall wait and see with yes, that. Sir. So, all right, let's move on over to uh, the most recent episode of AEW Dynamite. Wow, so much to talk about. Uh, first thing, Philip, it was their first show back in front of fans. Uh, no, excuse me, on a Wednesday night. I'll just say it like that. So they're back on Wednesday night after being on Friday and Saturday for the last month or so with the NBA playoffs. Uh, but yeah, your overall takeaways from the, this episode, their first one back on Wednesday night. Um, well, I, I think here. It was, it was good. Uh, it started to pick up. I think the Saturday Dynamites are better. I don't know why. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> um, but this was a, this was a very interesting episode of uh, WWE Dynamite. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's uh, I don't know about you, man. Like having the crowd there and their energy, it just it's it felt so much better. Like literally, moments in the matches just felt so much better with the crowd cheering them on or booing or reacting. It just the energy and the vibe just felt a lot better. So I give them credit for that for for the for the fans having them back there. Um unfortunately as great of this episode was and like the video package that aired at the very end because it was their last show at Daily's Place for the last like what 15 months. They had this amazing video package. Actually let's talk about that real quick. After the main event, they aired like this three-minute video that kind of just summed up the last 15 months of them 
running shows out of Daly's plays. Um, great video, great song. Um, show just all these amazing highlights from all the different storylines and shows and pay-per-views they had there. So what'd you think of uh, that uh, like little promo video at the end? It was great, man. I mean, I'd forgot a lot of that stuff. And, yeah. you know, they highlighted, uh, you know, like big, big moments that happened, like the uh, the Mimosa Mayhem match, you know, Stadium Stampede. You got Matt Hardy's debut. You got Brody Lee's entire run, yeah. which, you know, that that happened in, in the uh, the tribute show, which is probably one of the best tribute shows for a wrestler that you could ever do. You, you have the debut of, like, Big Show and Christian Cage and, and stuff like that and you know double or nothing and t- cody becoming the first yeah. tnt champion and a lot of stuff like that it was just it was a beautiful package yeah i'm with you just it was amazing the video start with like remember that first episode of dynamite where it was the empty daily's place cody was speaking kenny omega the elite were still intact like yeah the, the og elite um and just them saying, like, you know, we do a service for our fans, so we're going to keep running shows, live shows, even without a fans there at the time. So just to see how far they've come along in the last 15 months, it's really remarkable. Remember, they did, they did do, what, four or six weeks in Atlanta, Georgia. They did those shows at the Cody's Wrestling School. Yeah, and those, those were filmed in, in, like, 36 hours. So yeah, yeah. That's, that, that's kudos to that hard-working team. But uh, but yeah, I'm with you. Just seeing the Brody Lee clips, oh, that got me emotionally. It was like, oh my god, just you know, it, it, it it's sad if you really think about how short his run was in AEW from the time he started to his passing. It was only seven months, but yeah. what, what a seven months! Yeah, absolutely. So just seeing those highlights, but yeah, all the great moments, the matches that they had on, it, it, you know, AEW to their credit, and that's something maybe we can do. Maybe in the near future, we can have a discussion like now that everyone's going back on the road, we can kind of summarize the pandemic era, 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 era. in wrestling yeah. and, you know, the pros and cons, who did it best, who handled the best, the highlights, lowlights, all that stuff. Um, but no, I really much enjoy it. So the only thing, though, as great of an episode it was of Dynamite, some great matches and moments, this highlight video, unfortunately, one little... <laughs> botch happened at the very end that everyone was seen to focus on afterwards was good old JR Jim Ross he was saying goodbye after the video and said uh, encouraging everyone to uh, we get your tickets for uh, when uh, AEW goes back on the road he was very happy um, but he said there's nothing like seeing a live WWE dynamite and of course the entire internet wrestling community reacted and we're getting all over him um I don't know if I told you this. So I was watching Dynamite in the kitchen with my brother. I had it on my phone and we were eating dinner. And we watched that video package. And then we hear Jim Ross says, hey, we, we can't wait to see you guys back on the road. Get your tickets now. There's nothing like a live WWE Dynamite. And I looked at my brother and I was like, did he just say that? And I was like, he's like, yeah, I heard that too. WWE Dynamite? Like, oh, my God. Um Part of me, I wanted to jump on Twitter and comment, but then I realized, you know what? I'm not going to contribute to that. I know everyone else is going to jump all over him, and sure enough, everyone did. So I didn't want to create or add to that toxic environment. So I didn't tweet anything about it, but sure enough, I checked Twitter, and yet everyone else heard the same thing. But uh, yeah, Philip, <laughs> your thoughts on uh, JR saying WWE Dynamite? 
Well, I got I got something for WWE Dynamite tomorrow morning on Wednesday. Stay tuned for the podcast <laughs> Instagram. Okay. Um, yeah, look, man, it, he worked there for a very long time, you know. But part of me is like, well, if it happened, if he mentions, if he does that again, it's probably a work. I'm just I'm just conditioned <laughs> to believe that with wrestling, man. Like, all right, if this happens again, this is probably a work, dude. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm with you. I get that he he worked. F- for WWE for the majority of his career. So mistakes like that happen all the time for a lot of people when you work at a place for a long time and you go but, somewhere else. But then again, he he worked for WCW for quite a while and he didn't say, this has been a great Saturday night or, you know, WCW Saturday night. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, I get it. It's, um, and listen, there's a lot of people online saying like, dude, you need to quit. How dare you? You make AEW look bad. All this what stuff. If, uh, what if Tony Khan was like, all right, say those three letters. What if Tony Khan told him to say it? We don't know. <laughs> Just to create a controversy. Yeah. Create some buzz. Well, here's my thing is, listen, I love Jim Ross. He is the greatest, you know, ring announcer for pro wrestling. I mean, I know it's subjective. <laughs> he's he's the voice of, of of generations. Exactly. I mean, I'm I grew up listening to Jim Ross and Jerry Lawler every week on my TV. Those two voices, that combo, will forever be, like you said, the voices of my youth, my it, generation. It'll be ingrained in your mind. Absolutely. Exactly. He is, you know, the great, and you can't take that away. He has called more legendary moments than bloopers i'll give him that you know that that that's that says a lot about him um but at the same time just to play devil's advocate just for the sake of conversation people i'm not saying this needs to happen i just for the sake of just for conversation here philip though where do you draw the line though and realize someone is past their prime and they're becoming more of a detriment to your company than than good you know what I mean? Because well, we see this in other industries, other media industries, where people who might be a little bit older or past their prime and they're not performing as well as they used to. And I think a lot of people who are fans of them, it's tough for someone to admit, yeah, this person's kind of past their prime. They might be, it might be time for them to step back and get someone else in there. Well, where they, do you draw the line? They said that about him when he was doing the commentary for New Japan. Yeah. And, well, he's talked about that. They didn't let him know who people were, and they didn't let him know storylines. Oh, know? really? Okay. Yeah. So, And then, but, like, bro, go back and listen to the commentary from Double or Nothing 2019. J- Jim Ross was on point yeah. when Moxley came out. He said, hey, hey, hey. I mean, like, he, he was on fire that night. And he's had some hiccups here and there over the yeah. course of the, his run in AEW. But I mean, he's he look, man. He he he's good. He's still got it. Like it, it, he'll he'll come he'll come back with, with with some fiery commentary for some big moments, and everything will be fine. Exactly. You know, listen. I'm not one to judge when someone's career needs to stop or when someone needs to step away. That's not my call. That's up to the powers that be, upper management, who makes that final decision. For me. I, Jim Ross is great. I love listening to Jim Ross. I still think he brings a lot of value to AEW. When he's broadcasting, he brings a certain level of credibility because of his long history in pro wrestling. I think for a lot of casual fans who might be channel surfing and come across AEW and you hear Jim Ross's voice, you're like, oh my God, that's the voice of my youth. Oh my, this promotion is legit then if they have him. So you get what I'm saying? Like he brings that certain factor 
to AEW and their audience that that certain level of pedigree and his accomplishments, him and Tony Schiavone, because they both were the voices of the Attitude Era. So I love that AEW has him and uses him. Um, you know what can keep him like fresh? Like, don't have him there for the whole show. Like, like, like kind of, kind of rotate him and Shivani out. Yeah, like, keep Excalibur there the whole time and rotate, rotate them out. Like, one does the first half, the other does the other half, or they, like, you give Jim Ross the bigger moments and stuff like that. Well, or, or you know, I was thinking about this. It's like you think about it with Jim Ross. Like when AEW launched, Jim Ross, Chris Jericho, those were two of the bigger names that I think. A lot of the casual fans who didn't know too much about AEW, once they heard about them, they brought their audience. You know, Jim Ross does have a big uh, following, social media following, podcast following. So his name alone has a lot of value that brings the AEW into the audience. Absolutely, man. Like I was at Starcast and I did a I did a focus group and people in there were like, "Yeah, man, I'm I'm here because I heard Jim Ross was was working with them and I, I love that voice and and stuff like that." That's a testament to the uh, to the time honored traditions of that voice, you know? Yeah, yeah. So that's the thing. It's like for one blooper like that, everything else that he brings to the table has much more value, and I think that very much outweighs one little blooper. And he owned up to it. He he went on Twitter and apologized. He said, "Sorry, that's on me," and you know he takes the blame for that. Listen, and you know he had a couple mistakes before. Didn't he call Kenny Omega the WWE champion? It's like every once in a while that's okay. It's just for me if he was making these mistakes on a more regular basis, then you might have to question how much longer do you keep them out there before before maybe you yank them back and have someone else go out there. But you know when it's every once in a while like this, you know it's I figure it's minor. That's why I didn't dwell on I didn't tweet about it because like I was not going to hop on him and pile on him like a lot of people like to do. That's not fair to him. He doesn't deserve that. And, you know, I don't want to be one of those trolls that just bother people. And I think that's something in general wrestling fans, you don't need to comment every single negative thing that goes on in pro wrestling. Just let it go. It happened. It's in the past now. It's behind us. Just move on. Focus on more positive things. That's why I hate people who one little negative thing on a show, they just dwell on that and start this toxic conversation on Twitter or something. So, I didn't want to be part of that. So, like I said, I heard it, and I was like, oh, okay, oops, he said WWE Dynamite. Move on. So, I'm with you. I'm, I love JR. I want him to stick around um, and keep doing his thing. Like I said, he brings a lot more value to AEW than I think a lot of people realize. So, he brings a lot of eyeballs to them, and he's he's very valuable. So, keep doing your thing, Jim Ross. We love you around here. <laughs> um, also, speaking of Dynamite, so let's just talk about the main event real quick. Um, we saw uh, MJF from the Pinnacle take on Sammy Guevara from the Inner Circle. Man, I really like this main event from the match itself. I do have some issues, though, I want to get into. Uh, but, Philip, let me ask you real quick. You kind of your overall takes on this main event. Uh, I thought it was cool. I mean, the, the the two young guys from both factions going head-to-head. And, uh, I mean, they, they started, like, chain wrestling a little bit. I was like, ooh, they can wrestle. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so, I, I mean, I, I really like that kind of stuff. And then, uh, I mean, it, it did get a little uh, – Cluster, cluster effish with the uh, with the run-ins and whatnot. Yeah, exactly. So, listen, this match I I'm, I enjoy it because 
as you said, it's the two younger guys, but it's like also because if you think about it, um, you know, Chris Jericho's injured. And so Sammy Guevara, who's like kind of like his protege, Jericho's protege, he wanted to step up and challenge MJF, who's the leader of the pinnacle. And it kind of makes sense for them to go at it. And, you know, they really were promoting this kind of last minute and saying a first time meeting. And I like that this was kind of cool. It was special. It's like, wow, it's the first time these two guys have wrestled each other. So this is a big moment for them. This is definitely worthy of a main event. The crowd was super hot for them. But here's my issue with this as far as the promotion, the lead up to this. Where AEW, I think, struggles a lot when it comes to these special matches. Dude, how how awesome would it have been if they would have ran like a little promo video just to summon up their history? Because you really think about it, Philip, these guys do have a lot of history together. Going back to when MJF joined the inner circle, Sammy Guevara was always hesitant and really kind of paranoid about him, didn't trust him. And Sammy Guevara ultimately walked out on the inner circle, quit because he did not like how MJF was in the group and he didn't trust him. And then ultimately Sammy Guevara comes back and calls out MJF and they find out that he was a traitor and that's what led to start to the pinnacle. So there was a lot of history there over the last few months. I wish they would have done like a little bit of a highlight video to show that MGF and Sammy Guevara do have a lot of history together, a lot of bad blood towards each other. So from an emotional standpoint, that really got me, that would have got me more invested in this match. Is that something you would have hoped that they would have done as well? Yeah, well, that's AW's problem in general. Like things will happen on Dark Elevation, BTE, whatever. And like they don't explain it on Dynamite, you know. They yeah. explain things on your main programming. It's not. I mean, you have all those people that work those editors and what it, what not. You can you can throw together a quick little two minute video. Yeah, like show like you know Sammy Guevara confronting MJF, MJF being sneaky, like no, no, man, I love you guys. And eventually he turned on him, and Sammy Guevara was right. He he was right all along not to trust MJF. And I wish they would show a promo video just to sum that up, just to be a reminder of why this match is really important. As much as it's been MJF versus Jericho, the two leaders, Sammy Guevara and MJF is also like a major story beat here. Um, but they didn't address that at all. And so that's where I feel like they kind of dropped the ball. And that's in general with AEW. I wish they would take the time. Maybe instead of trying to force so many matches or segments in one episode of Dynamite, take a step back and maybe cut down on some things. And what you cut back on, use that time to fill it with promo videos or properly explaining why this matchup is important. Because, you know, sometimes they have these random matchups at one another. But then when they have matchups, we have like a little bit of a long form, long story built up here. Explain it again in case someone hasn't watched every episode of Dynamite for the last like four months or something. So, I mean, and I, I hate to go against AEW versus WWE, but WWE, to their credit, they do have these great promo videos that really sum up bad blood between two people. It's not even just that. Like, AE, no, WWE, they do this very well and people get sick of it. Well, let's take you back to what just happened and then they'd be like, at the top of the hour, this just happened. Moments ago, this happened. They do that for a reason so you know what happened on that show. Yeah, exactly. AW, they, need, they need to take some of those tropes, man. I just, you know, the prime example, Rock, Austin, WrestleMania 17, Limp Biscuit, My Way, that promo video is arguably the greatest promo video build up for a match. I'm not saying in, 
that was a special moment from a quality standpoint, but the example of how a promo video can add a lot more emotional layers to a match, building up hype for this. Well, they they do that for like the, the you know like the big like the world championship matches and whatnot, which, which is good. Okay, sure, but like when when you have like a a big match that doesn't involve the championship, you need you need to do things like this. Yeah, well, I just think because it's the pinnacle versus the inner circle. It's the two dominant factions in AEW. It deserves a video package. So that's where I was just a little frustrated from uh, like a storytelling beat in this match or, or leading up to it. I think that's where it could really made this stand out even more and get people even more emotionally involved. But the match itself was really entertaining. Like you said, I enjoyed like the first third where they're doing a lot of wrestling. I was like, oh my God, MJF, he can go, man. He's, you know, his ring work can be very basic and simple, but he was uh, on the ground doing some technical stuff. I was really blown away. Yeah, man, go go watch the uh, the MJF on the Indies, man. He can when he, when he's put in there with somebody that can that can work, like he 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 can go, like he 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 can he can scramble, he can be involved with the catches catch can style yeah. uh, of wrestling. You know, MJF he's very good at this. Yeah, and then also, um, you know, as the match picked up, I like how. And I like MJF's wrestling style as a heel. He was focusing on Sammy Guevara's arm, I believe, you know, setting up for his his uh, submission hold. And so, you know, MJF, I really enjoyed what he was bringing to his match. And then the match started going to a little more, um, you know, high flying. Sammy Guevara went flying outside the ring, like almost like a cannonball to take out MJF. Uh, but my one issue was towards the end, they were kicking out of a lot of major big moves where I think normally those would have been finishes in any other match, but they kicked out of it. Like, and specifically is when, um, MJF, uh, did the tombstone pile driver off the second rope on Sammy Guevara and Sammy Guevara still kicked out. I was like, come on, man, that is a devastating move. I, I like how MJF afterwards was selling the knee injury because like he jumped very high to land on his knees. But dude, a pile driver off the, the second rope, that looked very devastating, like I said. And I was kind of worried for Sammy Guevara. Like, dude, that is scary to take a pile driver that high up in the air. Well, I've so, seen, dude. I've seen indies where guys take it from the top rope and still kick out it, too. You know <laughs> what I mean? So, like, that, that's kind of just like the, they still have that indie mentality. You yeah. know what? Yeah, but that's my thing. My issue is like, dude, there's a lot of big moves they were doing this math, uh, like finisher type moves, and they were kicking out. I'm like, ah, dude. It's like these guys look like Superman in the ring. It's like, come on, man, you got to kind of keep it a little believable in that sense. I don't know, um, but you know, ultimately, you know, we got the crowd saying this is awesome, and the match was really good. I did enjoy it, uh, but eventually, uh, you know, Sammy climbed the top rope for a six thirty splash, but MJF begged Sammy off, um, uh, uh, and so he hit MJF with the six thirty splash. But MJF kicked out out of that. And then she saw Sean Spears walk down to the ring. Chris Jericho left the announce table, who was doing commentary that night. I like our boy Chris Jericho doing commentary. Um, and then Wardlow also came out. So ultimately turned to two on three at that point. Uh, Wardlow threw Jericho off the stage. And then Sean Spears uh, used a steel chair to hit Sammy Guevara. And MJF got the pin. So Pinnacle got the victory here. Yay. I guess good for them. Um, it's, it's as far from over though. <laughs> so, um, 
don't know. I mean, obviously the pinnacle inner circle is still going to go on. Uh, I guess this week on Dynamite, MJF is going to say what stipulations he has for Jericho for their match. So I'm kind of curious what he has to say for that. But uh, yeah, inner circle pinnacle is far from over. But uh, do you think this goes to all out? I think so. Yeah, I think so. We we out? We We out out to all out, bro? I don't know. Should we? Why not? Chicago? Why not? I love Chicago. Chicago is a great city. It is, you know. You yeah, know, yeah. I've I've, uh, I've I've had some uh, some ten years in Chicago. But so I mean, let's... I'm debating about SummerSlam. Oh, yeah. that's not okay. okay. You know what I mean? And they're like two weeks of each other. Yeah, I'm, I won't be able to make SummerSlam. But uh, hey, man, mm, like I'm talking, I'm, I'm talking to Brandon. Like, hey, we might have to make that make Chicago. I don't know, man. Let's let's talk this Friday at West Coast. Let's plan it out. See what yes, we can do. Yes, sir. <laughs> uh, real quick, just touch on a couple other highlights. Uh, we see the Young Bucks take on Eddie Kingston and Penta Zero Miedo. You know, a high flying match between everyone here. I was laughing. I actually had dinner with John LaRocca on Friday and we were both laughing at one point. I think it was Matt Jackson who hit Penta and Penta just fell off the the rope like oh the apron like oh so gradually it was like come on man sell that better you get kicked fall down better forget the match let's talk about the facial hair okay yeah young bucks mustaches (laughs) not even nick has the the bushy goatee i'm i'm just like i i they're they're the only people that can pull off this like they are the only people that can do this and, and make it look somewhat reasonable i guess like yeah they're just ridiculous and out outlandish and and not outlandish like zicky dice you know to throw it out yeah <laughs> but um, i'm just like oh my god this, this this is ridiculous now kenny omega on the other hand he he looks like an absolute tool he looks well, like 2006 Triple H. Like, what are you doing? Yeah, doing his best Lemmy from Motorhead impression. But, yeah, no, I, I guess the elite guys, I wonder how they plan all this stuff out. They're like, okay, how can we get under the wrestling fans' skin this week? Oh, let's grow obnoxious facial hair. Like, they all got the porn stash going. Like them, Nakazawa, Cutler. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, the match itself, it, w- it was fun, entertaining. I laughed when Cutler had the the spray cans and was like, ah, and like oh, the, spraying the, the, the Ico Pro or whatever. Yeah. Spraying, uh, uh, one of the young bucks in the face. And, uh, um, you know, ultimately we see, uh, Eddie Kingston and Penta Zero Miedo win. And so they're going to get a match for the tag tiles, I believe this week or next week. I think it's, I want to say it's this week. So it's coming up. So, uh, good on them. You know, we'll see how this plays out. Uh, another thing I want to talk on, it, touch on was Miro. He defended the TNT championship against Brian Pillman Jr. We see Miro come out. He, his new thing is now he's God's favorite champion. He's the redeemer. He's got the new theme song. The theme song to me sounded like, uh, uh, was it Fox, 20th Century Fox? The. I'm gonna have to. Uh, I'm gonna have to listen back to to, to hear it. I, I didn't even know he had a new theme. Yeah, apparently they worked on it real quickly, but uh, it sounds like it's this very over the top, dramatic piece here. But it sounded like from a movie. That's what it sounded like. Um, but man, uh, a couple things. I love Brian Pillman Jr.'s performance in this match. Dude had like a great baby face underdog performance. Even though he got his ass handed to him, he didn't give up. He kept fighting. 
Dude, I really hope Brian Pillman Jr. becomes like a top name for AEW in years to come. He's so talented. And, you know, the story's there for him for fans to get behind. But, uh, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, but Miro was very dominant and he picks up the victory, retains the title. Uh, what do you think of Miro's current character now? Everyone's loving it. He's dominant. This is the guy we've been wanting to see ever since he signed with AEW. Yeah, well, it's about time because you, you, you remember I was complaining like every week. Like, who cares? He's fighting over video games. That's stupid. Yeah. Nobody gives a damn. Yeah, exactly. So, no, I love this, what he's doing with this character now, this whole like God's favorite champion and like he's on a mission now, just, uh, you know, higher powers that be to kind of control him. So it's real. I love this. I love what Miro's doing. He's dominant. You know, some people are saying, you know, he's almost Roman, Roman Reigns level of dominance, which, okay, I don't know if we want to make that comparison. No, no, he's, he's not the head of, of, of a family dynasty. No. Yeah, but nonetheless, uh, Miro, I, I love what he's been doing and keep this momentum going. And I can see him being champion for a very long time. Uh, one last thing, or a couple things real quick we'll touch on. Um, uh, Britt Baker and Rebel took on Nyla Rose, Vicky Guerrero. This match was kind of a mess. Unfortunately, we saw Rebel try to make a, a save from a, uh, on a pinfall, dislocated her knee. That looked like it hurt. Poe, 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 baby. I know. I'll, I'll nurse you back to health. Exactly. Um, yeah, it, 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 it is what it is. I, I think the table spot kind of just helped it <laughs> save it a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. No, but the match was very much chaotic. Vicky Guerrero didn't do that much. And we love Vicky Guerrero around here, but yeah, she shouldn't be wrestling. Uh, but nonetheless, it just set up. Uh, Excuse Nyla- me? <laughs> Excuse me? She's a Guerrero. They belong in the ring. How dare you? She could be outside the ring as a manager. <laughs> I'm a, look, I'm going to hit up Shaw and I'm going to tell her what you said. Yeah, please. Have Shaw wrestle in her place then. We'll, we'll, we'll work it out. And then Shaw's husband should come to AEW and oh, work with Miro. Right? I forgot all about him, It's bro. Miro Day. I don't know. I'm sorry. It's Miro Day. (laughs) I'm I'm down for it. Uh, We see uh, last thing we'll touch on. uh, Tony Schiavone talking to Kenny Omega. Uh, He's cutting a promo. Dark Order come out. And Kenny Omega is saying, like, listen, I beat all the top-ranked guys here in AEW. Maybe I'll just take some time off. I got titles and other promotions. Maybe I'll just go defend those titles. You guys are going to have to miss me. Uh, Dark Order come out. Evil Uno grabs the mic and says, listen, you know, we know someone that can challenge you, someone who uh, you have not beaten yet, someone you know very closely. He's a friend of ours, Hangman Adam Page. They pretty much, on behalf of Hangman Adam Page, says he wants to fight you for the championship. And then later on. Later on, we see uh, Hangman confront the Dark Order backstage with a drink in hand, pissed off. He's like, I didn't want that. Why you guys said that for me? What, what are you doing? And they're like, listen, we know you're a little scared. You're, you're, you're hesitant. You, you don't, maybe don't have the confidence, but you do. You are the one to beat Kenny Omega. So how, what do you think of this whole exchange here? Uh I, I like it. And follow uh, Kings Kings Road Wrestling on on Instagram. They're taking this uh, this Twitter um, thread. thread from uh, I, I don't know who it is, but they're documenting the whole Hangman Page story from when he's in Ring of Honor, gets with the Bullet Club and the Elite to his current day, New Japan, and, all that stuff. Yeah, man. So that that's something very interesting. And dude, 
if if it's Kenny versus Hangman at all out, we might have to be there. Uh, yeah, because like it, it'll be the culmination. I think that's when Kenny does drop the championship. And I look, I want to be in the house for that pop. It sounds like Hangman is the guy to beat him, and it looks like they have this really nice organic story that's been building for years for him to be the one to do it. So we'll see how it goes. And apparently, I need to watch Being Elite because apparently there's some good little story beats there that have been going on. Yeah, man. Like, uh, like, like the uh, they showed the AW title. I think I said this last week, and they zoomed in on Hangman's face. So, but then even this week, apparently, Dark Order are now banned from being the elite because the Young Bucks don't like the Dark Order going after their friend Kenny Omega. So oh, yeah. I haven't watched, I haven't watched it yet, but that's what I saw online. So um, it's gonna be interesting, man. So maybe, yeah, that could be another fun discussion point. Is reading this guy's thread and breaking it down. Uh, I was talking to John LaRocca on Friday. He was a little hesitant. He doesn't like. The idea of a baby face who is scared to go after the title. He wants someone that's confident and it's like, you know what? I'm going to take down that big, bad, evil heel champion. Well, what, September, what, 5th or whatever is yeah. going to be all out. So or it's July months. 6th or 7th. Yeah. So, hey, we know they have time to build. Yeah. So we'll see how they this have goes. All of, I have all of August and the rest of July to build. So, yeah, these next two months are very crucial, especially going back on the road with the fans to really build up Hangman as a legit opponent. So, yeah, we'll see how it goes. Uh, they got, what is it, Beach Rager? Rager? Is that what it's called this week? On, road, uh, road Rager. Road Rager. Sorry. I got bashed at the beach. All these beaches, summertime in my head themes. Uh, so, yeah, we're excited for them. They're going to be in Miami this week. So, back on the road. So, looking forward to that. Uh, all right, let's go over the Monday Night Raw real quick. We get, I know we're running long on time, so let's just touch on some of the highlights here. Uh, Kofi Kingston, Xavier Woods from the New Day take on Bobby Lashley, MVP. Uh, fun main event here, uh, just adding to their feud leading up to uh, Money in the Bank, where Bobby Lashley will defend the title against Kofi Kingston. Um, New Day pick up the victory. Our boy MVP had to eat the pinfall, though. As he should. Yeah, absolutely. You got to keep Bobby Lashley looking strong here. But, yeah, how do you think this all played out? It, it played out well. I mean, I like the promo ahead of time. You know, Bobby Lashley said, we're the Hurt Business, so that shows you they're still in effect. Yeah. They just downsized. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, Kofi, he needed the momentum. And people are talking, man. Could could we be on the verge of Kofi Mania, too? Could could he could could he beat Bobby Lashley and become WWE champion? I don't uh, – it's – as as we get close to Money in the Bank and I'm getting my picks ready for the title, I don't know, man. That, 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 might, that, that might be on the cusp. Might be on the horizon once again. I know. We'll have to see how this goes, man. But uh, uh, it was interesting, though. Did you notice after MVP got lo- uh, eat the pin and Bobby comes into the ring, New Day run out? Bobby looked over to MVP, though, and he looked pissed off. He helped him up, but he still looked pissed off. Well, yeah, but you, you, the champ doesn't like to lose. I understand that. I'm just throwing it out there hypothetically. Do you no, think this no, is foreshadowing no. Bobby he, he might get rid of MVP? Him. He needs him. He needs him. No. Okay. No, they, okay. they cannot do that. Okay. Just curious. Um, and then we saw uh, Drew McIntyre defeat Jinder Mahal by DQ. So Jinder Mahal, he comes pulling up into uh, the Thunderdome on a motorcycle, a red custom motorcycle that he said he got. Drew McIntyre was with him. They used to ride. So Jinder Mahal is pissed at Drew because Drew McIntyre took like three days to respond to a text and he misspelled the word two. And that's his motivation why he's pissed off at Drew McIntyre. Okay, I didn't I didn't even watch the promos. Oh God. Um so, so I mean, I was just like, What? Like how lame is that excuse for that matchup? I mean, I, Drew and Jinder have a natural 
history together. Yeah, gender could have been like you, you, you just because you were the WWE champion, you 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 think that you're better than everybody, young. You forgot who your real friends are. When I was champion, we talked all the time, and then Drew could be like, "Well, I had it one more time than you did," and then all that other stuff. Yeah, I mean, well, the, it, it, it's it's a nice little thing for Drew to do while he's not in the title picture. Well, and that's the thing. This is a story or a feud we've been wanting to see for a long time. Even I think a lot of people want to see it last year when Drew was champion. I think Jinder would have been a great opponent for him to challenge uh, when he was champion last year. But unfortunately, he got hurt, and then was it? I think Dolph Ziggler was that last minute opponent for him for that quick quick program. It should have been me, <laughs> exactly. But no, but but the thing is, like, okay. I'm glad we're getting it, but it kind of feels a little bit too little too late. But then again, I think it's good to keep Drew busy outside the main event title picture scene for right now. Um, and then we see Jinder, his two uh, minions help him win, and they steal his sword, Drew McIntyre's sword at the end. So we'll see if he gets his sword back or not. Uh that should be interesting. But anyway, I'm just with you as far as they have history. They have three-man band. They have all this footage of WWE from the WWE library that they can use to play back. They could really, if they took their time, they would have a really awesome, emotionally personalized story. But instead, they just focus on a text message. I was like, come on, guys. You're better than this. I mean, the writers and stuff. That's lazy writing. I really think they could have done something more interesting and yeah jinder be like yeah drew i feel like we were friends we had three-man band and you became wwe champion you forgot all about me when i was out hurt or something like that that could have easily been the case or jinder could says listen i'm a former wwe champion myself i'm just as qualified to be in the money in the bank match and you're in it though how dare you take my spot i mean there's so many different ways they could handle this and they didn't do it so that's why i'm just a little frustrated by it all so um so obviously this looks like it's far from over. Maybe they're gonna have, I'm I'm sure it's gonna lead to a match at Money in the No, it can't wait because Drew's gonna be in the Money in the Bank match himself. So What I'm are you sure, gonna do? SummerSlam <laughs> Drew versus Gender? Yeah, I mean, yeah, maybe they'll save this for SummerSlam. So that could be something. Which yeah, okay. That'd be kinda cool. I can kinda dig that because everyone else might be busy, so for Drew, give him a good opponent. That'd be cool. Um <laughs> the opening segment we saw Miz TV. All these guys in the ring saw Matt Riddle on a ladder up high, and he says, "Wow, I'm really high right now." Bet you were. Bet he was. <laughs> this opening segment, I get. I don't know. I don't know about you, but like, like Miz TV when it kicks off Raw, and all these guys in the ring, it gets really clustered, and it gets a lot of people talking. I wish they would just do away with that and save it for later in the show. Just start off raw with a match. Is that too hard to ask for? Just give oh, me a regular match. I mean, but I mean, when it's like Money in the Bank, they usually start off with all the participants in the ring and whatnot. So. I mean, I get it. They're trying to set up some storylines and push it along. I get that part. Um, ultimately, led to Riddle and AJ Styles having a match, which is a good match between the two of them. But let me ask you this, Philip. So WWE's going back on the road. How do you think fans are going to love Matt Riddle or react to Matt Riddle? If they don't boo him out of the building, they don't know wrestling. They don't appreciate this sport. <laughs> I'm just saying, I think Matt Riddle is going to be loved by the fans. Oh, he God. Has, I, oh. You're not a Matt Riddle fan? Look, I love Matt Riddle as much as you love Shane Cody. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. So you don't like him at all. You think he should retire then? Yes. 
Him, Will Ospreay, and Kenny Omega all get the hell out. <laughs> Hot takes from Philip, <laughs> but uh, but no, but listen, I, I thought it was a good match here. So uh, uh, you know, Riddle picks up a big win over AJ Styles. Um, we see the Viking Raiders come out and help out help out Matt Riddle, uh, and they take out almost. So uh, it looks like in a couple weeks it's going to be. Almost taking one of the guys and Viking Raiders and AJ Styles is going to have a, a match with the other Viking Raiders. So it looks like the Raw Tag Tiles is going in that direction as far as uh, matchups moving forward. Um, we talked about this last week, the whole Charlotte Flair, Rhea Ripley thing. I don't know who the boo here. Who's the baby face? Who's the heel? They're both in the ring with crutches, both faking injuries. And then they both realize they're faking it and then just start swinging the crutches at one another. It was just a really pointless segment here. Yeah, I, I, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> I, I mean, that's hopefully the, hopefully the match is good. Yeah, I hope so. But it's like, I don't know who the root for, who the cheer. Rhea's like, I'm trying to copy you, Charlotte, or I know what you're doing, the game you're playing, so I can do it too. And I just, I'm not, I'm not feeling this, man. This is just. It's weird. I don't get it. So, I don't know. But then, uh, uh, speaking of the women's division, we saw Nia Jack, Shayna Baszler, Eva Marie, and Dewdrop take on Nikki. I guess it's, yeah, A-S-H, almost super, almost a superhero. Alexa Bliss, Asuka, and Naomi. Uh, Nia Jax goes on a tear at the end and picks up the victory. Uh, she pins Nikki Cross or Nikki Ash, which a lot of people were bummed out because Nikki just Redebuted as a superhero, and she's already eating a pinfall a couple weeks into that. I don't know if that was the best decision to make. Hey, look, man, Hurricane t- took some big losses, but then he also beat Stone Cold on the Rock, so you never know. Yeah, and then we saw Dewdrop, uh, or excuse me, Eva Marie grabbed the microphone and said, I'm the winner. And that's kind of like her been her heelish thing lately. Listen, we talked about this before. Eva Marie is great at gaining nuclear heat. Um, do drop. I like the eye roll she makes at her and she knows she's full of it. And it's like, apparently Vince McMahon is a big fan of do drop and the even Marie storyline. It's a great, you know, story. You know, do drop is the, the underdog or the person kind of getting picked on. Eve Marie's kind of being this arrogant bully. If you want to call it that. So I think people are counting down the days when do drop is going to get revenge on even Marie and the crowd's going to pop hard for that. Absolutely. It's only a matter of time before Eva Marie is the uh, world champion. <laughs> we'll see about that. Her and Rhea and Ripley. get her on the show ASAP as soon as that happens, please. <laughs> exactly. Um, last thing we'll just touch on from Raw, John Morrison, Ricochet. Uh, another great match here. These guys have great history together. Obviously, as we mentioned last week, their history from Lucha Underground to now. Uh, John Morrison picked up uh, the win over Ricochet, though, by countout. So they're going to have another match next week. Falls count anywhere, I think it is. Um, so I don't know. What'd you think of, uh, the two of them going at it? I, I liked it. I mean, like I was a fan of the, uh, the Johnny Mundo Prince Puma stuff back in the day. Yeah. And Hey man, they're going to tap into some of that Lucha underground stuff. Cause it's the last time they'll be in the Thunderdome. So they can do some really crazy ish. And that's the thing too, is listen, we know they're both in the money in the bank match. Unfortunately, they're not going to win. We know that. But both of them in the money to bank, though, they're going to do some high flying, some very fun spots. And I think that's why they were probably picked to go into the money bank match. They're going to do some fun stuff that I cannot wait for to see uh, for them. I think they're really going to shine in the money to bank moment that the crowd's going to eat up live. I cannot wait. So it's going to be good, man. But yeah, unfortunately, overall, though, I just thought Raw 
was a pretty forgettable episode. I think a lot of these segments were just kind of goofy. Um, they pushed some storylines along, and then some other stuff were kind of head scratchers. So that's just some of the highlights there. Uh, we'll see how this keeps playing, man. You know, they, um, let's see, SmackDown is going to be live this week. They're going to pre tape Raw for next Monday, and then the following week, they're going to be live in front of fans, then Money in the Bank. So, one more Raw in the Thunderdome before we get fans again. So, the countdown is on, Philip. We're going to see the WWE Universe present uh, once again. So, I cannot wait. So, uh, good times are coming very soon. Hey, look, when that SmackDown is in front of fans, like, Roman needs to be the first person out there. Exactly. Totally. I would yeah. love to see what the reaction is from the fans, though. I, re- I, re- I just rewatched the Mania match last night, and they they really they were really booing Roman. So I'm like, okay, this is working. It's working. I hope so. Keep that momentum going. So good stuff. All right, Philip, let's start wrapping things up. Where can the clicks just find you online? Uh, Twitter and uh, Twitter at Bulletcast, Instagram, YouTube, the Bulletcast. Uh, follow me personally, Heal Antwine, uh, on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, we debuted a new theme song, Soulful Boom. Uh, what, are you, what are your thoughts on the new theme, Huey? I love it, man. I love the, the 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 visual of it with the snake coming through visually. That was cool. But the song's awesome. I mean, you played it for me, so I already knew what to expect. And I, I you know, I'm not the biggest rap or hip hop uh, expert, so um, but from the, from my own personal knowledge, I enjoyed it a lot. It's cool, man. Yeah, Montesi did great work. He uh, did the Sammy Gav- Sammy Guevara. He, he he did his theme song. He, yeah, there you go. He works with the Swerve Scott, so it's good stuff man uh this weekend catch me at west coast pro like i said i'll be there cindy brandon the bullet cast title uh i'll be at ugwa the next day and we're getting ready for money in the bank uh will i be the bullet cast champion or will i be mr money in the bank yet again got the briefcase live in full effect you never know what happened if we brought that money to the bank and like all these local shows and you and i have an ongoing skit where we challenge for it at each show like, we have our own storyline that we take over at the wrestling shows. Like, our own 24-7 title. Like, we, we go after it. Or it could be, like, the DDT Iron Man title. <laughs> it's it's on site every time. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you never know, man. Stay clean, stay strong, stay safe, get vaxxed and wax. Diamonds are forever. So is the microphone messiah. I'm Baby Huey. Follow me on Facebook at Baby Huey Official, Twitter and Instagram at Baby Huey 83. For everything else, at in the click, in the click at gmail.com. Please rate, comment, share the podcast, and subscribe to us on your favorite podcast platform, especially YouTube. Uh, watch the videos, like the videos, leave a comment that helps us with the whole algorithm system there. We appreciate that. Uh, click the link in our social, uh, uh, social media profiles, get the merch, all that good stuff. We cannot thank you enough for all the support. And on that note, let's go home. And that's the bottom line because Huey said so.